0: Well, welcome to the post-game rap show, and the Bulldogs are going to play for the national championship starting on Monday, Monday, Tuesday, if necessary, on Wednesday. State walks it off, 4-3 to three over Texas, in yeah, the winner take all of that bracket, and solidifies its spot into the national championship series on Monday against the Vanderbilt Commodores. Bart Gregory, Charlie Winfield here in the Bank First Studios in Starkville, and Well, the studios are going to be remote, Charlie, starting next week.
1: (laughs) Yes, they certainly will be, and it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, I came in here this morning. I told you I would canceled my hotel rooms for Omaha. I wasn't going unless we won a game, and here I am frantically buying tickets, checking out Ticketmaster and StubHub and all those things that you do and rebooking at the same hotel, I'm proud to say for $3 a night less. That's so phenomenal. I saved myself there.
0: That's what's funny is you, you kind of wonder, yeah, we go through the yells and screams with our, our families, and then we hustle to the studios real quick, and the first thing we do is jump on Ticketmaster. I've had text after text, hey, what what about tickets? Can I go through the school? Can I, okay, can I get some for the Bulldog Club? And, of course, we had that process that took place last week, and – you know, you had to send an email. Let us know if you if you want tickets and when you wanted them. Whatever. We only got to, you know, very very few tickets are put through the schools because they want to have big crowds there, and and most schools don't travel like we do. So you only get just a, a few hundred tickets. And so, what are me and you doing? We're buying tickets off Ticketmaster. I mean, we broadcast the games for Mississippi State. I work in the athletic department, and we are we are purchasing doing the same thing. Everybody we're else doing needs the same thing exactly. And so, if you're trying to figure out tickets and trying to figure out what to do, there are plenty right now. And so, we got games one and game two. We had knocked that out, and so we're a little bit later getting going right now, simply because. We've been purchasing tickets. Now I did hold my hotel rooms. Well, I, I, I did not go that far. So let me tell
1: you why. It sounds a little bit like I'm being negative. Part of that superstition. A lot of things involved there. Matt Wyatt tells us we can't be superstitious, but we'll have that debate later. Here's what I decided. I, in fact, within about thirty seconds after the walk-off, my daughter Mary Elliot sends me a message says are you sure we're still not going? And I said, we're absolutely positively not going. And then about 30 <laughs> seconds later, I sent a group text and said, all right, we're leaving in the morning. And what hit me, the the epiphany that I had in that little bit of time right there was this. I was down a little bit because of the idea that we're shorthanded, Vandy's not. Vandy is getting a competitive advantage, and they already had an advantage. But you know what I decided – None of that matters. What matters is this. This Mississippi State baseball team deserves to be supported. This team, you know, I had somebody tell me one time, great teams deserve to be watched. I don't know where this team ranks in terms of the most talented teams. I don't know if we had a round-robin tournament of all the teams we've ever had before where this team would fall out, but here's what I know. They've made it as far as any school that has ever played baseball for Mississippi State. They're gritty, they're gutty, and you go out and you look today and you win the ball game on a hit-by-pitch by a freshman who was behind in an at-bat, a stolen base by a guy who's barely played, and then a base hit by a guy in Tanner Leggett. I don't mean this, you know, I'm not going to cast dispersions on Tanner Leggett. I think he's done some nice stuff for us defensively. But as we're sitting here today trying to dream this thing into existence to play the skip Bertman role, right? Lay down in the dark room and envision good things. I didn't have that down in my list of
0: possibilities. This team deserves to be watched. That base hit gave Tanner a Tanner Leggett a two hundred thirty five batting average. And and Charlie, I owe him an apology. And I mean and he did not know that. I mean this and I don't pick on guys and I'm, I'm not picking on Tanner Leggett. He's been good for us when he comes in the field. But he has struggled at the plate, and to be honest with you, Charlie, the struggles at the plate probably cost him a spot at second base when De was having trouble. The troubles at the plate probably, you know, stopped him from, you know, keeping that job at third base when Cameron James was having the difficulties defensively, and you put him in the DH role. But how about it? Guy comes to the plate, junior college, a couple of junior college guys, you know, Braylon Skinner. Get him over at first. You got one of the best catchers in the catcher. We talk about Logan Tanner all the time, but the thing about Texas, Texas with their catcher in Arduan. I mean, that guy's solid. He is big time. He got a great jump. It, it reminded me. You know what it reminded me of? And seeing that angle. You know when they see it from the, when you see it from the high third, and you see him take the jump, get the jump. I, the only thing I thought about was you know Major League and Willie Mays Hayes <laughs> you know when he gets that big lead and he takes and so he he got the stolen base you get the scoring position anything happens I'm 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 similar to you Charlie is as, as I was sitting there watching the game tonight and you know just watching it unfold and you're thinking back and you're man you're you're aggravated about the, the process and Lighter doesn't have to throw and he's going to be in the game on Monday but then you know you start sitting there saying. You get there, anything can happen. Yeah, Vanderbilt's got an advantage. But, man, getting there, just getting there. He's got a a puncher's chance. Anything. He can only pitch once. Rocker pitched yesterday. If he pitches at all, it'll be on Wednesday. So, they're one up on us right now in starting pitching. Now, here's the thing. You've got a guy who's done it before. Christian McLeod, if you throw him out there on Monday, he's done it before. And so anything can happen now. Anything can happen now. And so that, that's that's what's so crazy. And we've seen these guys before. Yeah, We've well, you, seen
1: them. And so that's the point. Look, Houston Harding is a better pitcher than he was earlier in the year. Uh, there's a lot of things that could happen. There's a lot of things that go right. We still have the ability to throw a bullpen game at somebody. Vanderbilt has not been dominant in this tournament. They, they have, have been not. been on the verge of elimination.
0: And the thing they don't have going for them this time that they had last time is they're not going to be guys dancing on the dugout. <laughs> 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 all right let's look back at this one and we knew going in we were going to have the advantage tonight from a starting pitching standpoint and we did will bednar coming off the rest he was what he is and what what he did tonight was was simply phenomenal you give up the home run early texas is up to nothing but just battled and scratched and clawed to, to kind of get it back and Man, I tell you what, Charlie, that was that was a heck of, that was a good baseball game. That was a good baseball game.
1: Hey, I tell you what, though, Stevens for them did everything you could have asked for. That's a, a number three guy, and I thought Jay Powell kind of summed him up well in the pregame show before the game. I guess all pregame shows are before the game. That was a bit redundant. It's okay. The Department of Redundancy Department. Stevens, he he basically said was the classic number three guy on a good team. He's a guy that is going to give you about five or six. All the other team to about three, and that's what he did. I, th- I think if you're Texas and you've got Stevens running out there after struggling against Tennessee the way he did, you'd take that. Yeah, you take Qu- that outing you got.
0: And Quentin was outstanding. Well, he was good. He was really good. I mean, and, hey, you start looking at his numbers, that guy's ERA is 1.35. He's been good this year. He really has. He's been good, good all season long, and so the ability to come back and, and kind of get that. Now, let's take a look back at it, and you look at the second inning – Melendez drawing the leadoff walk against Bednar, then after the bunt, you know, Cam Williams just ran into one. I don't fart, felt fault Will Bednar at all. That's exactly where he wanted that pitch. He wanted it mask high to the catcher because that was the pitch that had gotten by Texas hitters all night on Sunday. Did you know that his dad played professional baseball? His dad played professional baseball. Okay, good. Yeah, the guy you know, Cam Williams um, hit a home run. And <laughs> just making sure you caught that on the broadcast. I, 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 hey, I, did you know? Oh, my God. Did
1: you? <laughs> Can we hey, me, to talk about this? Let one. me tell you this. I know exactly where you're going. It, it, Detour.
0: Just get ready. Y'all just get ready. My phone's going to light up. These guys are going to talk about Jack Leiter lot. You're going to see Al Leiter lot. So, anyway. But
1: I don't know that we'll see any cheerleading coaches giving hitting classes.
0: How they told that story four times I've heard I've heard that story four or five they times. They asked the Texas coach during the end game interview. Yes, about the the kid's mother. And that's fine. I'm I'm glad she's got some pom-poms and likes to I tell love the kids. my mom to death. If my mom walked into a room of my teammates and says, "Guys, let's talk about our approach at the plate." Yes. It would embarrass. And let me tell you this, I guarantee you 75% of those guys were looking at him out of the corner of their eye and like like rolling in their eyes like, "Dude." <laughs> <laughs> this lady raised you? <laughs> okay, so you're down two to nothing, and then you go to the third inning. And in the third, you get the leadoff double from Kellum Clark, dumps the ball left, left field side. You end up scoring the run. You know, Tanner Allen driving in the run. You get one run back. You know, it was one of those games, Charlie, where it just had the feeling. You start talking about, you know, Stevens. You know, we let him off the hook a lot with some quick at-bats.
1: Oh, boy. He had some very quick innings.
0: Yeah, he had like 41 pitches through four innings. And so, you're, you know, you're on pace for right at 100 pitches if you go the the distance.
1: All right, so let's look at the fourth. Here's what you had. Hancock flies out on the first pitch. Tanner strikes out on three straight pitches. And the Brule grounds out on the second pitch of the at-bat. He doesn't throw a ball the whole inning. I mean, it just plows right through it.
0: Well, and that that's what allows him to get as deep as he got. You know, he went five straight – five innings, gave up three runs on nine hits, threw 72 pitches. And he, he ran out of gas. Yeah, he he did. But then Quintanilla in that uh, sixth inning was – you know, started out, he was really good. He was really good. But just, uh, just looking back at it, you know, our ability to tie the game in the bottom of the sixth inning. But, Charlie, I couldn't enjoy it in the sixth because that sixth inning – was just one of those that just drives you crazy. Oh. Because, because you know, you get the leadoff walk from Cam James, and then Luke Hancock pulls the ball through the right side, Logan Tanner that high chop over the third baseman, and then Scotty DeBrule draws a walk. they bring Quintanilla in the game, and he got the bases loaded and nobody out. And then all of a sudden, from there pretty much until the ninth inning, we had signed a Nine compete clause. I mean we we did nothing. And I, I'll tell you this, I mean I thought the I thought the last three at bats the last three at bats of the sixth inning were not very good. And that's the oh, that's, that's the to really understate it. Well,
1: um, you know, my thought process in the ninth was the bottom of the order needs to redeem itself. Oh. Because that was a look, that was a potentially game-losing sequence right there. I mean, that's the kind of thing that if you look back, if you don't win that ball game, you're looking back right there and saying that was the difference. We didn't get it done. We had a check swing, a couple of bad strikeouts, and then I thought the thing with Clark and Hatcher both, there were some really big swings. Now, Clark, I, I thought that was a pretty good pitch. Clark, yeah, it's the one yeah. that he took, and Lamonis kind
0: of uh, – Argued a little bit. I thought it was a pretty good pitch on two strikes. I think so. I thought so. So then we bring in Landon Sims after the leadoff single in the seventh inning. So Texas has the momentum, stopping us and getting only one run, keeping it a tie game. They have a little bit of momentum just by getting the stop. And then Cam Williams singles to lead off the seventh inning drives the ball into left field. Hodo pops up the bunt, which Big play. was Circle massive. That absolutely massive, and Hodo has been one of their better bunners this year. How many times is it going to come up in a College World Series? It's not just us. We talk about us. You know, Forsyth early in the game, putting the ball right at the first baseman. But the lost art of bunting, the pop-up bunts, and that one killed Hodo. So then all of a sudden you bring in Landon Sims. And I want to say this, and I mean this in the most Christian way possible. I mean this in the nicest way possible. This is not me. This is not me double-jointed patting myself on the back. But there's a lot of people last night that said, hey, you should have brought in Landon Sims for one inning. Our offense would have scored. Let me tell you something. Tonight, after three or four innings of looking very, very bad at the plate, I'm sitting here going, I almost tweeted that out, but I didn't. I'm glad he was fresh tonight. I'm glad we needed him fresh tonight. Had to have him fresh tonight, and he was good. Well,
1: and it shows you, too, that just because you have Landon Sims on the mound doesn't mean the top of the order can just will themselves to score a run. That's the whole thing. They didn't. Uh, It took three innings to get it done tonight. Um, I want to take a detour back to your bunting talk. They did have two sacrifice bunts today, and I thought they used it well. They had the mistake there with Hodo, but they did have two sacrifice bunts. I am old enough, it's interesting, because state fans just being driven crazy by Texas moving runners, why don't we do that? I'm old enough to remember uh, when people got really angry at oh. a certain Mississippi State coach for bunting early in the ball game. <laughs> and now we wish we
0: could bunt, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And so Daly bunts, you know, in the ninth inning. You've got the leadoff hit batsman, Melinda has hit with that pitch, and then Daly bunts him over. Williams got a good swing on that ball to left field. And then Hodo got a pretty good swing on that ball to right field. I mean, they hit the balls deep, and you kind of wondered—you you really wondered because Landon Sims had thrown a number of pitches. I mean, Landon ends up throwing thirty-six pitches, twenty-four strikes, four strikeouts, no runs, no hits. But you kind of wonder, can he go tenth, eleventh? How deep can he go? And that's why the bottom of the ninth was so big. All right, I want to go back to you know, just looking at plays. And I think about I think back to Rowdy Jordan leading off the seventh inning with a single and I'm sitting there with Sims and they kept picking at first and kept picking at first and kept picking at first and during the ball game we talk a lot. And he's like, Why are they picking so much? And I was like, Well, the reason you pick is not every time to pick the guy off base, is to keep him from getting a good jump. And so then it gets to three and two and I look at Sims and I say, Hey, he's gotta get a good jump right here. He's going. And he was like, how do you know? I said, well, it's 3-2, and you got a guy to play hands so bad. It was quick. I mean, it was just – and then he doesn't go. We hit into the double play, and that's when I almost needed somebody to replaster my walls. That's <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> And so you're hitting the double play there, and you're like, dang. So
1: I actually missed a family event tonight for this program. And I – one of the side benefits that I had from that, though, was being able to watch the game completely alone – in my home, the lights off, the air conditioner down about 63. And I paced, I walked, I did some cleaning. Well, not a lot of cleaning. I don't want to create any false expectations for my wife. But it was one of those games where the one good thing is I didn't have anybody bothering me.
0: I didn't have to answer any questions. Isn't that the worst? Isn't it the worst? And I and I mean that in a nice way because you know we're both somewhat outgoing people until but I like to watch a game it I think it really is is very odd for a lot of people even at Sims's games they look at me and they think I'm around sports so much that I'm going to be just into everything I kind of draw withdraw from everything and I want to watch the game quietly isn't it, it interesting how many broadcasters
1: are at their heart, introverts. It really is. Because you say, well, you talk all the time, but a lot of times you just want to be left alone, and it's within that ball game that you want to just be left alone. (laughs) I mean, I would have given anything to have watched the Super Regional sitting in the TV booth, except for the fact that other people were up there.
0: I actually had that question asked to me. I was sitting out in in the outfield with Josh Quinn, my college roommate, and he said, would you rather be right here? Or in the booth, and I was like, I don't know how to answer that question because if I don't say out here with my family enjoying it as a as a as a dad, you know, I kind of feel bad. I was like, but dude, let me tell you, sitting up there, nobody's asking you questions. You're just talking and watching the ball game. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, <laughs> it <sure laughs> it's, is. it's pretty cool. So you're you know three three game, and and to be quite honest with you, Charlie, I didn't feel good about it at all. I just kept waiting for that. Ground ball, that uh, that just dink off the end of the bat. That's what I was looking for in the top of the ninth. Landon Sims, man, I'm telling you, even when he doesn't have the velo, even if he's got the fastball at 91 or 90, some guys just know how to pitch. And he hides the ball so well, he just knows how to pitch. So one, one quick question.
1: My broadcast is a little bit slow watching on direct TV. Do you do what I do, which is pull up live stats and be about 15 seconds ahead of the rest of the family and have to hide because you just know what happened?
0: So I I tweeted Tanner freaking Leggett before the hit on the TV, and Jen was like, Shut up. Shut up. I I just ruined it for everybody in the house.
1: Well, I ruined it for myself because I see (laughs) we won.
0: And then I'm looking,
1: and I never had that moment of excitement. I still haven't gotten excited about this game because I'm still so depressed about the sixth inning. And then I ruined the game (laughs) any moment for myself.
0: I watch it too on on stat broadcast. I'm I'm watching the game. And, of course, you know where to look through. And we've done it so much. You know what to look for. And, yeah, it's about a – so mine was about. I'm a pitch ahead. Yeah, it's a pitch ahead. It's a
1: pitch ahead. And so I see that we've won, and then I have to turn to the screen and look at it. my heart rate. Still is not up. I'm still <laughs> the sixth inning just took it out of me. Well, like, and it doesn't help that my friend Reggie Little is is you know texting me the whole game because he's just a little bit ahead of me, <laughs> and it's a nonstop. That's a terrible strikeout. You can't get out there. And I'm like, and so now he's even beating live stats. At one point, I'm behind. Yeah, the oh, live
0: stats didn't work great tonight. Hey, of course we're uh, we're the Bank First Studios. Bank First, better way to bank. Boy, right here in East Central Mississippi, and they've expanded to the Jackson area, the Hattiesburg area, all across the state of Mississippi, and into Alabama as well. They've got a number of banks in Tuscaloosa. They're blowing and going in Tuscaloosa right now. They're blowing and going here in the Golden Triangle in the Jackson Market, the Hattiesburg Market. They're getting it going with all the commercial lending. Refinance. Tell you something
1: I really like about them, too, is they'll listen to what you're doing. You know, there's a lot of banks that when you go in and you talk to them, it's just by the book. Yeah. And it's a yes or a no, depending on numbers. They, they, they were willing to use a different book. They'll listen to you. They get to know you. And, and they got a lot of that from being around here.
0: Well, absolutely. That, that's the thing is, you know, there are certain... And I'm not saying this is a case. I mean, I'm just saying there are certain bankers that look for ways to loan you money, and there are certain bankers that look for ways to tell you, "I'm not going to loan you money."
1: You know what I'm saying? And then there's places where you got to call an out-of-state number to get routed back. I mean, these are local people.
0: Yeah, man, they're they're good folks, man. They're awesome. I, I deal with them a lot, and they're they're phenomenal. So, Mo Griffin, Marcus Mallory, Man, I talked to Brian Sistrunk. He's on a text group of mine right now. He's a mortgage guy down in uh, down in Madison, Flowood area. And then uh, John Shapley, who's just killing that, that Hattiesburg market right now. There's another market that's hopping right now. So, Bank First, we're in the Bank First studios talking about the dogs winning 4-3 to three over the Texas Longhorns tonight. Man, did it, you think
1: at all this week, and I know this has nothing to do with it, but did you ever think coming into today – that Will Bednar leaving the mound in game one, giving the horns down, was going to, like, live in our nightmares for yeah, the next come few back. years.
0: Yeah, it was going to come back to bite us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, hey, how cool was it? We kind of – didn't we wear the same, like, those white 85s tonight? Yeah, And that's what we were wearing the night that Gene Morgan got popped.
1: We are avenging.
0: Avenging Gene Morgan. Uh, what was that guy's name? Doug Johnson. Doug Johnson line drive off Gene Morgan, 1985. It cost us a national championship.
1: As much as we talk about Weed Eye and Elena and those guys, that guy belongs on the Mount Rushmore of villains, doesn't he?
0: So let me ask you this question along along those lines. Ten years from now, this is what's cool. This is what's cool. And, and we talk about, and this is not to disparage Tanner Leggett at all. And he's been very good defensively. But ten years from now, that guy's going to get an ovation when he comes to duty noble. It's cool. That's what's awesome. And
1: and here's what I love about it. I got a message a few minutes ago. Braylon Skinner and Tanner Leggett had a chance to be remembered as the guys who left. They had a chance to be remembered as the guys who quit had they chosen that path. But instead, that's two guys who were really good teammates. And their number was called in the biggest of moments – and those guys deliver, I love baseball. I just love it. Isn't
0: it crazy? Isn't it crazy how the game sets up with a nine-hole hitter? I'm just trying to figure out how to get it to Rowdy. You know? Yes. I, I'm just trying to figure out. And let, let's go back. And I was I,
1: thinking, you're going to laugh at this, and, and this is going to sound absurd to some people, but the thought went through my head with Leggett at the plate, are we going to bunt here? Yeah. Are you going to just try to bun him over and hope Rowdy can give us put a swing on one and win it?
0: Yeah. Well, I, yeah, absolutely. And now you, you get run out of
1: town with one-out sacrifices for a team that can't bun anyway. But you felt almost like we're just going to be giving up and at bat. I mean, and, again, it sounds like I'm being hard on the guy, but this was an enormous – Josh Lovelady was talking the other day as we were wrapping up one of the first games. I think it's the Virginia game. Yeah, the one that Kellum Clark ran out. And he said, you know, Kellum almost had the advantage of nobody expecting anything out of him. <laughs> and, you know, there's some of that with Tanner Leggett. I, I think the, Texas is thinking right there, I'm just going to throw one past the guy. We're, we can't walk him. Yes. and
0: well, I mean, Because you don't want to face. You don't want to face Rowdy. I mean, first, ba- first, first, base, is open. O- first base is open, so it's not a situation where you don't want to walk in. But, I mean, you don't want to get to Rowdy Jordan with one out.
1: With Tanner Allen standing right behind right, him. Right, because
0: you know you're going to get to Tanner then. Yeah. I thought Rowdy's first two at-bats tonight were not very good. I thought Rowdy, the first at-bat, trying to pull the outside pitch, hit the ground ball out in front, goes back to the pitcher. The second time up, he tries to pull the outside pitch, he pops the ball up.
1: And here's what's crazy. I didn't think Tanner Allen's at-bats were particularly good, and he goes two for four.
0: The third at-bat for Rowdy, the third at-bat for Rowdy, he gets a fastball up and away, goes the other way, pops it in left center field. It's almost like it's uh, it's almost like you need a reset to to realize what you're doing because he was just coming off those balls so hard. He was just coming off those outside pitches. And, man, that's one of those things that you're taught at a young age. If you try to, try to pull that outside pitch, if you lunge and reach, you're going to do two things. One is you're going to ground the ball back to the pitcher or you're going to pull it to the second baseman. If you're a left-handed hitter, pull, you're going to pull it, you know, pull aside to the shortstop. If you're a right-handed hitter, you are going to pop the ball straight up on the infield. You're going to do one or two things. And, and he did that, but he had a good, he had a veteran at bat, that third at bat in the fifth inning. And then he comes through in singles in the seventh inning. So his last two at bats were really good. Let's take a look at the stats and the stats brought to you by Maroon and white realty Maroon and white realty here on star Avenue and Startville. The Sterling Dahl and those guys, I talked to Sterling. He was tweeting after the game tonight. I think he ran outside his house without his shirt off. He was going crazy. <laughs> and I, I think it was a lot of that. My kids ran outside on the front porch and were ringing cowbells. I bet the neighbors – well, I think everybody on the street was, to be honest with you. That's what was pretty cool is we had a lot of neighbors that were doing that too. But um, looking at the stats, and Sterling Dahl and those guys, if, if you're looking for property management, if you're trying to buy some condos and – and looking for somebody to to lease them for you and work on the back channels, man. Sterling does a great job with that. If you're looking for something for your student, for your kid, if you're if you have kids, hey, I've seen folks who have kids that are in tenth grade and they were like, you know, we're, we're going to get a second secondary place for us to come up and get a ball game for a couple of years and just have somewhere for junior to to live in his four years, and then he ends up living in the fraternity house and you just ends up being your second home for good. Any scenario where you're looking in the start will market, give Sterling Dahl and the guys at Maroon and White Realty a call. And so when you look at Texas tonight, Texas had four hits. They had four hits. That was it. Williams had two of the four. Antico was one for four. And then you had Hodo, who was one for four. They had to the double. They had four hits. And so, man, you just look at the overall pitching tonight. And, of course, we had our dogs going, man. We had Bednar and Sims. I mean, goodness, how special is it? So, even if you don't see Will Bednar again, and I tweeted this out, and I, I didn't say that to say, you know, we're not going to win and we're not going to – but, I mean, the chances of him coming back, you may could use him on the back end if you had to play on Wednesday for an inning or two. And I expect you would. Probably so. But if tonight's the last time you see Will, see Will Bednar – Man, what a career he's had. It hasn't been – you know, you take out the COVID year, and that's what's terrible is – I mean, this guy could have really run up some big-time stuff. But he got better as a year he's, – he's pitching his best right now. And teams that win deep, it's almost like their guys are performing at the elite level at this time of year. And Bednar and Sims, both of those guys are as good right now you know, I hadn't thought of this. I really had not thought of this. We, I have not talked about this all season long. The first time we saw Landon Sims, I forgot about this. We were broadcasting a game against Wright State last year, and he comes out there, and he can't throw strikes. He looked horrible. And I remember everybody, Scott Fox saw in our meetings, you know, before the season, everybody's talking about this Landon Sims cat. And that Landon Sims, Landon Sims, Landon Sims. And he comes out there, and he looks awful. And I think it was you. I'm pretty sure it was you. I look at you like, that guy's terrible. Because <laughs> we had our
1: notebooks from our meetings we, with him. And, and I'm like, wait,
0: but this says. This says this. And then and I'm
1: like thinking, boy, uh, man, we got to evaluate what we're doing here.
0: And I went to the dugout the next day. We're playing on a Saturday. It's the opening weekend of the season. And Scott Foxhall was like smiling. He was like, let me tell you this. He said, y'all didn't see the – he said, I think he was just so amped up. You didn't see the real Landon Sims. And, man, he got better as the year went on last year. And this year he's just been – it all started with Texas. It all started with Texas. And then here at the end it's Texas too. So, from a – we're giving you the stats. We're going to ramble tonight, man. We're so excited. Dagum, I'm excited. Stevens, the starter, went five innings. Gave up three runs on nine hits. He struck out just two. He walked one. Quintanilla went three and a third. Gives up one run. It was earned on two hits, five strikeouts, one walk. So, seven combined strikeouts tonight for Texas pitching. They issue only two walks. They didn't give us anything. Of course, we were not taking a whole lot. You know, (laughs) we were having some early action in the bats as well. When you start looking at our stats tonight, we had 11 hits. You know, and and Texas kind of kept us in check in the game last night. Rowdy Jordan was two for four. Tanner Allen was two for four. Tanner had the RBI. Hey, how big are those guys? Are they, are they big? Or are they tall? Uh, I mean, <laughs>
1: you're i you mean, talking about Texas. No, yeah, you're talking about Rowdy and Tanner. I mean, are they? Uh, I'm just wondering if we got some little guys at the front of the order. Is, are we okay with that now? Or I'm okay with that.
0: Okay, I'm okay with that. Hey, let me tell you I something. We're we gonna be able to recruit some guys of any size. What, what's going on here? We might one day. You talking about like Kellum Clark, who's like six five? He was two for three in the game tonight. Logan Tanner, he's kind of a bulky dude. He was two for four. Oh, All I read really was
1: we just aren't that big, man. How about that? You know, you go back to the knock on us. And I know you're doing stats and I don't care. Okay.
0: <laughs> you're trying you're trying to draw me in for me to say something that you can laugh <laughs> the at me about. Little old
1: boys from start well, kind of done again. <laughs> I just think it's really cool that this team has exceeded Look, we thought a lot of this team. I didn't think they'd be here. I didn't think they'd be here. Um but there were a lot of people who didn't think anything about these guys and that's what's really cool about what they're doing.
0: Oh, absolutely. That, that is what's cool. And I thought, looking at the roster, the first time I saw the roster this year, and everybody's talking about you have you know the extra number of play, players on the roster this year, I thought it was too pitching heavy. Yes. I thought it was way too many pitchers. And I, I, this is not a knock. I mean, it's just the way it ends up. I mean, I thought it was way too many pitchers, and I think – the overabundance of pitchers has hurt some of these guys on the mound this year. I've heard, I think it's hurt them a lot. Just because of bullpen sessions, I couldn't imagine going through what Scott Foxhall has had to go through with bullpen sessions in the fall, preseason, during the season. You're trying to get 20 guys mentally ready and working on their specific pitches. I couldn't imagine. And then it comes down to you know, the ninth inning of the final four, and you're trying to figure out who you could possibly pinch hit with who can pinch run with and tell me tell me who's going to bat for Tanner Leggett you didn't have anybody tell me tell me who it's nobody and so th- that being said i th- i thought the roster was a little off kilter so i just didn't know if there was enough i didn't know if there was enough through the roster as far as the lineup and that that's what makes it so cool is Man, you start looking at some of these teams and some of the talent of some of these teams that have gotten to this point, and you see what this team – this is just a gritty bunch, man. They're just a gritty bunch. and
1: It's always interesting to me how teams kind of take on the personality of the guys who lead them, and, and this team just feels a lot like Tanner Allen's team to me. Yeah. You know, just uh, they're not flashy. It, you know, and this is – I'm not saying one's better than the other, But Jake Mangum was this polished – Jake Mangum could walk into any room and own it. You know, he's just one of those guys. Tanner Allen doesn't care to walk in the room and talk to you unless you want to ask him what kind of lure he's using. (laughs) You know, he's just a guy. But he is a guy who shows up, and we've talked about this. For all the talk of what his pants are like or all this stuff, here's the bottom line, and this is true for Jake Mangum as well. These are guys that if you've got a young kid, you can go look them in the eye, shake their hand, and say thank you. Because when my kid sits down to watch baseball, he sees a lot of things that to an old guy like me are wrong. He sees a lot of guys who are going to stand there and throw the bat and do all these things. This is a guy who, when he hits one on the ground, he's digging it. Yeah. This is a guy who's when he has a double, he's trying to get to third. And you could do a whole lot worse than trying to emulate the way a Jake Mangum played and now a way a Tanner Allen plays.
0: And let me tell you this. I remember last year Sam sitting a ground ball and beating it out at first. And the coaches were like, hey, way to run it out. And he's like, well, that's that's what Jake does. And, I mean, that's that's the influence that I want my child to have is playing hard. And Tanner Allen's like that each and every day. We're giving you the stats brought to you by Barone <laughs> White <we>? Realty. <laughs> Realty. Bednar goes six and a third, three runs, four hits, seven strikeouts, two walks. He threw 97 pitches. His ERA now at 3.34. Landon Sims gets the win. He's now 5 and oh. Two and two-thirds work, four strikeouts, no runs, no hits. Man, three flyouts, one ground out, 36 pitches. His ERA now – at 1.52. And so that's a look at the stats brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. We didn't give you the line total. State had four runs on 11 hits. We scored four runs on 11 hits, left six on the bases. Texas turned three double plays tonight. That were huge for the Longhorns. Of course, that's what they are. They're sinker ball teams that has a very good infield. Faltini is outstanding at shortstop. He's good. They He's turn, good. They, they, they have worked the middle as good as anybody in the country, and, and they're good. But Texas tonight, three runs on four hits, they don't they don't like velocity, man. They don't like V low at all. No, not up. No, they don't like don't it. Don't
1: leave one knee high
0: against them. And Texas leaves four on the bases, and those are stats brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. All right, Charlie, big plays tonight. And of and of course, man, you know, of course the obvious. And our big play brought to you by Two Brothers Smoke Meats on University Drive, right in the heart of the Cotton District. Great place to watch games. Great place when football rolls around. Let me tell you, it doesn't beat Two Brothers. Hanging out at Two Brothers and walking down university and going to the ball game or after the game, I tell you what, it's a great place. The restaurant is awesome. Their menu is, is almost perfect. And you can sit outside. That's the great thing about uh, Two Brothers. You can sit outside, just kind of hang out in the cotton, cotton District and get out on that balcony, Overlook, people watch. Perfect. Two brothers, smoke meets the play of the game. What you got? Are we
1: going to disqualify the obvious again? Yeah, you,
0: you, can't, you can't do the tenor-legged.
1: So we need a big play.
0: How about we say the obscure play of the game? So we're going to take
1: away getting hit by a pitch for Kellen McClark there when he was down in the count.
0: Just Let's take the ninth inning out of it. Can we do that? Yeah, you can take that out of it. And I'm I'm glad he got hit by the pitch, because Kellum's not seeing him spin down right now. (laughs) No. So, I'm going to take another one that may may
1: seem easy, but I'm going to take it anyway, and that's the Logan Tanner double in the sixth. That double that tied up the ball game, I think it's just really difficult playing from behind for too long, and we've been playing from behind all week, and... That was not a ball that was just crushed into the corner. It got a good hop. But you're able to get Cameron James home, get Hancock to third. Now you have all the things behind it that didn't go well. Could have been the play of the game for the other reason. But tying that ball game up to me was the difference maker because then you go to Sims and you're basically saying it's a brand new game. you got to win a three-inning
0: game. Well, so I'm going to go in the top of the next inning. I'm going to go in the seventh inning after Texas holds us to just one run in the sixth, and I talk about you know stopping the momentum. They get the leadoff single. You got Williams, and he's over at first base, and, yeah, I know they had to the popped-up bunt, and then all of a sudden we go to Landon Sims, and we bring Landon Sims in the game, and and that's the situation right there that great teams make you pay. Right there is – what Missouri beats you with, and what Arkansas beats you with, and what Notre Dame beats you with in game two is anytime you make mistakes or you give up that leadoff single, those are the teams that make you pay after they stop you. And I thought the back to back strikeouts I know it's an eight, nine guys in the order, Faltini and then Arduana, eight, nine spots. But getting back to back strikeouts right there to keep it clean in the seventh inning, it's almost like, all right, boys, you got the leadoff guy on. We're gonna we're gonna pitch we're gonna try to outpitch you, and you ain't gonna hit it. And they didn't. It was almost like a reset. Yeah, you got a lead off single off our guy, but we got our big time dog coming in right now, and you're not getting a hit. I just thought that set the tone. And then you go to the eighth inning. What does that do? You go to the eighth inning, you get bam, 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 quick eighth inning. You're out. A couple of strikeouts in that eighth inning, and so well, and boy,
1: that eighth. I know we're getting away from play the game here a minute, but. You know, the eighth was so big because you got to navigate the top three guys in the order. Exactly. You know, that was –
0: there was a, a time to be tense right there. Well, and, and a couple of those counts were deep. You know, you got you got a couple deep counts, especially the Zubia there with two outs in the eighth. You got a deep count, and then you get the strikeout looking, and both of those were looking. So, all of a sudden, you're guessing. Man, those guys were up there just guessing. Well, and let's not forget the pressure of the top of the ninth too. You know, because we hit Melendez exactly and then you give up the sack bond and you've got a runner at second and one out but then to get back-to-back flyouts was so big on
1: a night where the wind is blowing out when you see that ball leave the bat with a little lift your heart skips a beat
0: that's what's crazy the two games that we played the college world series where the wind is blowing out like well you have those pitching performances last sunday night and then tonight same two guys but, I mean, not just to do it, but to do it on a night where it doesn't take a whole lot to get it out of the ballpark.
1: I mean those two guys faced Texas and gave up four runs in two games. It's big time,
0: man, I mean, on the biggest stage, that's big time, so now we look ahead, look ahead until Monday. yeah I am not <laughs> I'm not going to be at a good mental state when I hear that for the first time.
1: Um, I am but, not licensed in the state of Nebraska. I can't help you there. You're not, but I do have friends who are.
0: Okay, uh, just, just just just, just make sure there. Um, so you go to go to Monday, and our look ahead is brought to you by Mosquito Joe's. Mosquito Joe's. If you want to know something that makes a big difference in your yard, your backyard, and your outdoor experience, you need to make sure that you hook in with the guys at Mosquito Joe's. They can put those systems on your house, on your deck, but they'll actually come out, you know, every couple weeks and they'll they'll spray they got those backpack sprayers, man. And let me tell you this, it's a major difference. It is a major difference the way that you can use your outdoor space, especially in the summer in the state of Mississippi. I've got a big backyard, I've got a lot of St. Augustine, and I've got a lot of plants in my backyard. Just places that those mosquitoes will get. And, man, they come, and it just wipes them out. It's awesome. You know, I know there's a lot of exterminators out there that say, hey, we've got mosquito service. These are the guys that know what they're doing. These are the guys that do it right. And, you know, those stupid device things you can buy have never worked for me. Never. Absolutely not. And so Mosquito Joes here in the Golden Triangle area, in the Jackson area, Meridian, Hattiesburg, Laurel, I mean, these are these are the guys. These are, these are the professionals when it comes to kind of saving yourself – your outdoor space during the summer. So this uh, look ahead brought to you by Mosquito Joe's. Mosquito Joe's got that lime green and yellow trucks riding all around. And so, Charlie, looking ahead to Monday night, who do you start pitching was? Christian all right. McLeod. All right. Christian McLeod. It's not even a debate. Yeah. Who's your game two starter? Um, then all of a sudden, okay. Mm-hmm. Now we're going, to, we're going to figure it out. We may decide at breakfast that morning. Probably. May so. decide at lunch. We beat Jack Leiter. In Nashville. But we had Bednar going. So I mean anything can happen. That's the thing. Anything can happen when you get to this point, which makes it so much fun. He's we're,
1: good. He's good. He's but, he's really good. But you know, you go back and you look. This on the other side, Vanderbilt hadn't scored a ton of runs this week. And so and they look I mean, we saw how they were pitched by North Carolina State. I mean it wasn't like they were throwing established starters at them in that shorthand game.
0: No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. Can you believe we're playing for the national championship? No. I can't either.
1: <laughs> no, and it still hasn't really set in for me.
0: <laughs> Not at all. And it, it kind of has that 13 feel. We didn't have – you know, we had one starter in 13, and then you got to piece it all together, and it kind of has that feel right now. Even though McLeod – man, if McLeod can go out and give you something solid – Hey, anything can happen. And he can. He can.
1: He can. Look, that's the thing. Um, it's easy to look at the last start, easy to look at the last couple and say McLeod doesn't have it anymore. And, look, he hasn't been great, but it's in there. Yeah. It's in there. And here's the other thing about him. He's a competitor. This guy wants to do well. and just never know. He so, just throw strikes.
0: Yeah. So, with tonight and with Charlie and I, you know, Beginning the trek tomorrow to Omaha. This is a Saturday night. This is going to double as our Sunday coffee as well. So our post-game wrap is going to be our Sunday coffee. And, hey, listen, I go back to the point. If you're looking to go to Omaha, jump on Ticketmaster, get your tickets. Um, that's the easiest place to go. I can't tell you if the tickets are going to go up, down, what are they going to do. All I know is this. There's going to be a bunch of folks making the trek from Mississippi to Omaha. There's and now gonna,
1: that I've bought them, I'm not looking at prices again. I'm not either. I don't want to know. I I don't know if I, I don't want to know if I got a good deal or a bad deal. I've got tickets. That's I've all got, I care I've got. I've got
0: tickets. That's all I care about. I've got hotel rooms. That's all I care about. Let me tell you this: Council Bluffs isn't a bad option. Don't feel like you got to stay downtown. Do not feel like you have to stay downtown, especially if you're driving up, because you're going to drive the ballpark, you're going to drive down to Old Market, plenty of great places to eat in Old Market. The Drover is legit. The, the It's a legit steakhouse, it's a good steakhouse. They have tons of great steakhouses in Omaha. But don't feel like you have to stay downtown amongst all the craziness. Uh, there, there's some good deals to be had up there, especially with hotel rates right now that are not downtown. Now, I tell you what, the the folks in Omaha, they really didn't have a bad option with state and Texas. They probably have a better option with state than they do Texas. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a bunch of people.
1: It's going to be awesome. And I I go back to this. We're shorthanded. We've got plenty of excuses. But I don't think this team wants them. And I think above all else, I think this team has earned the right to be supported. If you can't get behind this team and what they've done, I can't help
0: you. Vanderbilt will not have the home field advantage Monday and Tuesday. I can tell you that. It, no. will be, it will be a great experience. Load up the kids and head that way. Charlie, I enjoyed it. Um, still hadn't sunk in. We're going to play for the national championship. What a change over
1: the past year. You know, we started doing this show last season, and you and I went down to Biloxi for the Texas Tech series, and we actually did a show from the press box.
0: And that was the night the NBA stopped.
1: And we're sitting there, and people are saying the NBA is shutting down, and and we're trying to process everything that's happening. You were going to New Orleans the next day. and I did. You know, we were just sitting there thinking about, hey, there's this new channel on XM where they're talking about the virus and what all is going on. and And then – You know, driving home, all of a sudden things start falling apart. And so you and I are trying to do a radio show about a baseball season that isn't in existence anymore. And then you go back and you look, and right now we're having these COVID issues at the end of the year. Think back at the beginning of the year. We didn't know that college baseball would get here. We certainly didn't know that we would be in Omaha with full crowds and all these things. I know there's some bumps in the road. I know that Vanderbilt's, of course, going to take advantage of them. But man, it's cool. Yeah. It's really cool to be here, and um, you know there'll be plenty of time to be sentimental about this team later. But I
0: look, we pushed a lot of buttons again tonight. Chris Lemonas, man, he just keeps on pressing the buttons, keeps yeah. on pressing them. State wins it four to three over Texas. 6 o'clock Central Time start Monday night, game one of the National Championship Series. It'll be State in Vanderbilt. Mark, you know, before you hang up here, okay, I want you to just get your head
1: around this. <laughs> we just won a ball game to go to the National Championship Series because Kellum Clark got hit by a pitch. And Tanner ahead <laughs> Got played. Very much at all, except on defensive situations, Braylon Skinner steals a base. And then Tanner Leggett, <laughs> a guy who has not gotten many at-bats the second half of the season, gets a hit to send you to the finals. It's, it's phenomenal, and it's why baseball is so cool. Because now and then, you know what? Good for those guys. Good for us. Uh, it's amazing.
0: <laughs> it really, it really is. Tanner legged, Tanner legged with uh, eighteen. That was his nineteenth hit of the year, nineteenth hit of the year, and so it was a big one. Hey, that was a lot of fun. And once again, thanks to our, thanks to our great sponsors here on the post game wrap show, Bank First, our studio sponsor, and then of course, Maroon and White Realty, Two Brothers Smoke Meats, and Mosquito Joe's. And so Charlie and I will begin the trek to. Omaha, Nebraska, and we'll have a show for you after the Monday game as State will take on Texas – take on – no, not Texas. They going home. Horns down. Flip that bat all you want to. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It'll
0: be State and Vanderbilt Monday night, Monday and Tuesday night, then if necessary on Wednesday. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on the post-game wrap.